developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. everybody and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman and I'll be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. Well in case you've been living under a rock for the past few years, let me share something with you. UFOs have become a major mainstream media topic. This has been especially true this year because of the U.S. government's release of their official report on the UAP phenomenon. Of course, that report didn't reveal anything to us at all. It was only nine pages, and uh, it was very disappointing, but anybody that uh, was following this very closely and is a, a, a diligent UFO- ufologist, they were expecting that. I, I totally was not surprised that that didn't tell us anything at all. Of course, UFOs have been a popular topic of discussion since Kenneth Arnold first reported flying saucers on June 24th, 1947. Then just a few days later, in early July, the Roswell incident occurred, and that's still the most popular UFO incident to this very day. Now you fast forward several decades, and there's been a countless number of books written about the subject of UFOs, followed by more countless numbers of TV shows and movies. And let's not forget the UFO conventions, right? There are more UFO conventions going on than you would think there are. And that's what leads us to this point in time right now. Just last week, I had the opportunity to attend one of those conventions. Now, by sheer coincidence, I was in San Antonio, Texas on some unrelated business at the same time 
that the second annual Wonderland UFO Festival was taking place. So since I was already there, I just had to take advantage of the opportunity. I couldn't let that pass me by. So tonight on Parareality, I'm going to be discussing my experience at the Wonderland UFO Festival. And of course, to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we get to all that, it's time for some emails. This is going to be short and sweet this evening. This comes from longtime listener Kasima. And Kasima writes Hey, loved the pictures from the cemetery. I'm going to Hollywood Cemetery sometime soon to try to get some pictures. I will email them to you once I go. Well, thanks, Kasima. As always, it's so good to hear from you. And uh, glad to hear that you liked my cemetery pictures. Uh, I posted a. Uh, Investigation. I'm saying that with my air quotes. Those of you who are looking at it on the video can see. Um, by the way, I'm posting, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've posted uh, one video of me actually recording this podcast up on my YouTube page. And I keep saying I want to try to, you know, do it again. So I'm, I'm trying this experiment again, and we're going to try to post another YouTube video up, see if it works. Hopefully, if it does, we'll make it a regular thing. Anyway, um, I did a, a, I had a chance to investigate a, a local cemetery here not too far from where I lived not too long ago. And um, some of the graves date back to the early 1800s. And uh, I went and did an investigation. Didn't find any evidence whatsoever. Uh, but I edited the time down into like a 30-minute little uh, video that I posted on YouTube just for fun, just to have something to do. And I posted some pictures uh, up on the Facebook page Uh Parareality Facebook page. It's sandman.parareality on Facebook if you want to take a look at some of those. So anyway, uh, Kasima, I'm glad that you like the pictures, and I'm really glad to hear you're going to Hollywood Cemetery. I've always wanted to go there. Uh, I had an opportunity uh, a few years ago when I was in the Los Angeles area, but I just didn't have enough time to uh, book that into um, the things that I was doing. So hopefully I'll be back to that area soon, and I'll be able to get... Uh, get a get a trip down there so anyway if you when you go and you get some um some pictures i would love it if you would email them to me that would be great thanks a lot Kasima. always good to hear from you and if you're out there and you got something you want to email you uh got a question you want to ask a comment anything like that please feel free to email the show sandman at parareality.com that's sandman at parareality.com Dot com. Now that I've addressed that, take a listen to this. Era Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Hey, how would you like to be an agent of chaos? What is chaos? It's the knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman, and that's what I call my Patreon account members. I'm looking for new agents, and I'd love it if you'd sign up to become one. 
There are three levels of agents and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing quality content for this podcast. You are listening to the Parareality Podcast, your information source for conspiracy theories, UFOs, the paranormal, and all things unexplained. New episodes drop the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Listen on your favorite podcast station. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. A recent poll that was conducted by uh, MSN a few days ago of almost 300,000 people was asking about people's belief in the unexplained. And here are the questions and the responses of those taking the survey. First question is, have you ever had an unexplainable or supernatural experience? 35% of respondents answered yes, 46 responded no, and 19 responded no, but I believe others who have. The second question said, do you read about unexplained events in the news? 58% answered yes, with 42% answering no. The third question, do you believe that Bigfoot or similar creatures are real? 17% responded yes. 46% responded no. And 37% responded that anything is possible. The next question is, do you think it's possible that extraterrestrial life exists? Now, whopping uh, 58% answered yes to this with only 10% answering no. And then 32% said, let's go with maybe was their official answer. And then the last question, when it comes to Unexplained events. Do you consider yourself a skeptic, a believer, or open-minded? 27% responded that they are a skeptic, with only 5% saying they're a believer, but an overwhelming majority, 68%, said that they were open-minded. Now, the results show that a vast majority of people, to be open to the idea that there are things that we don't yet know about, at least the people who responded to this poll. Bigfoot, ghost, alien life, just to name a few, those are some of the things that people are open-minded to. Now, this was a global poll, so 300,000 people doesn't really make for a, a really good population sample. But if you're to translate the results, I think that it points to more and more people being open to these unexplainable things, which leads me into tonight's topic. Now, 
this is not something that is totally out of the ordinary for me to do. I have been to a few conventions in the past, and when I go to a convention, I generally have an episode of the podcast that's devoted to my experience at the convention, and this one is no different. So tonight I'm going to be talking about my experience at the Wonderland UFO Festival last week. Now, on the crystal clear afternoon of June 24th, 1947, private pilot Kenneth Arnold was flying his plane near the southwest slope of Mount Rainier looking for a downed Marine Corps C-46 transport plane that had reportedly crashed somewhere in the area. And that's when he saw nine peculiar-looking aircraft flying rapidly in formation toward Mount Rainier. As these strange tailless craft flew between this plane and the mountain and then off toward distant Mount Adams, Arnold noted their remarkable speed. He later calculated that they were moving around 1,700 miles an hour and said that he got a pretty good look at their black silhouettes outlined against Rainier's snowy peak. He later described them as saucer-like disks, something that the press latched onto very quickly, and that's how the term flying saucers was coined. So you skip ahead several days to somewhere around July the 3rd, 1947. The date is in Uh, dispute, and we have what is certainly the most famous UFO case in history, the Roswell incident or the Roswell crash. Rancher William Mac Brazel had woken for a normal day's work on the J.B. Foster Ranch in Lincoln County, New Mexico, which is 75 miles north of Roswell, when he made a shocking discovery. He found on the ranch a large area of bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tin foil, a rather tough paper, and sticks. And that was a direct quote from Brazel. Now, Brazel gathered some of the debris, and he went to Roswell, where he told Sheriff George Wilcox about his find. And Sheriff Wilcox immediately reported the encounter to the USAAF base at Roswell, which promptly sent agents to visit the ranch. But not before the press picked up on the story. On July 8, 1947, Roswell Army Airfield, or the RAAF, issued a press release stating that a flying disc had crashed on a ranch near Roswell during a powerful storm. Later in the day, as government scientists arrived in the area, the story appeared to change. A press conference was held, and it was stated that instead a weather balloon had crashed and reporters were shown debris said to be taken from the crash area, such as foil, rubber, and wood, which appeared to confirm that the object had been a weather balloon. Of course, as you can imagine, this story set off what has become over 70 years of controversy. Over the years, witness after witness has come forward to claim that he or she saw the bodies of dead aliens or saw the debris from the wreckage or witnessed something else and all of them say they were forced to remain quiet by the government or else, you know, something bad was going to happen. So, yeah, the Roswell incident is considered to be the granddaddy of all UFO incidents. Whether you believe it or not, the fact remains that without this one particular case, the world of ufology 
at least as we know it right now, probably wouldn't exist. Now, this event has spawned... Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Countless numbers of movies, TV shows, books, and UFO conventions. And there seems to be no end to all of these things in sight. Now, I've been to a couple of the ancient alien conventions, and those were huge conventions with people from literally all around the world in attendance. I had a great time at those conventions, and I actually made a couple of friends that I still keep in contact with today. But I've never been to a UFO-specific convention. Well, at least not until now, that is. As I said earlier, I was recently in San Antonio, Texas on some unrelated business last week, and I found out that there was going to be a UFO convention taking place while I was there. Now, not being one to pass up on the opportunity, I decided to check it out. It was called the Wonderland UFO Festival, and this was its second year. It's more of a local convention, but it seemed interesting, and after all, you don't have to have a global convention taking place for it to be good, right? Local run conventions can be just as good, sometimes better than some of the, the bigger name conventions. And the guest list seemed to be kind of impressive. There was um, an author named Ed Conroy. He wrote a book called Report on Communion. And he was scheduled to appear. Uh, Venus Miranda and William Pullen, the co-founders of the San Antonio Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, were also scheduled, as well as Jane Kyle, also known as UFO Jane. She's kind of a, a rather uh, well-known figure in the UFO community. Uh, she's a, also a UFO podcaster and researcher. And finally, there was someone who I'd never heard of before named N.K. Caranda, who works in experiencer research and preservation. Now, I have to say, all these people I've never heard of except for UFO Jane. She was the only one that I was even remotely familiar with. But it seemed like these were some impressive guests. And the convention also had several vendors scheduled along with costume contests, belly dancing, yep, belly dancing, and a panel discussion that was scheduled to wind things down. Unfortunately, though, Ed Conroy and the Pullins pulled out of the convention at the last minute. Now, this isn't the fault of those who were hosting the convention. However, it left a huge hole in the schedule that they didn't have time to even try to fill. And unfortunately, this makes the hosts look extremely bad. I mean, you had literally half of your guest lineup that was scheduled to speak bow out. And that was 
Well, that was my first clue that things weren't really going to turn out right. Whenever I arrived, the costume contests were over, which I didn't care anything about anyway, and that's why I showed up late. And there was some random guy on the stage by himself seemingly just rambling away, and that didn't really concern me because, like I said, the costume contests were just ending, and he was probably just making some announcements. And that's why I decided to check out the vendors. Well, to my surprise, a majority of the vendors didn't really have anything to do with UFOs. Of course, a couple of them had things like alien skulls and stickers and UFO-related clothing and stuff like that, but most of them were selling things like DVDs, toys, and candy. And the candy wasn't even UFO-themed candy. It was just candy. And the belly dancing troupe that they called up wasn't really professional belly dancers. They seemed like they were more people who were taking a belly dancing class, and they just kind of, you know, the class just showed up. Um, So I wasn't really impressed with that, unfortunately. And, you know, all of that stuff that I just mentioned was the second clue that things weren't really going like the organizers had planned. However, I did pick up a very cool, solid Onyx alien head and a stone skull from Sapphire Moon Creations. So uh, I really like that. They're cool. Those guys have some really good stuff, some really cool stuff. So check them out on Instagram at Sapphire Moon Creations. That's Sapphire Moon Creations on Instagram. Free plug for you guys because I got some cool stuff. So with half of their guests canceled, and 90% of their vendors not being related to UFOs, I was wondering just exactly how the rest of the convention was going to go. I actually contemplated leaving after being there about, uh, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes. However, I'm really glad that I didn't, and that's because I had the opportunity to meet UFO Jane and N.K. Cranda, who they're the saviors of the convention. They actually had their table set up, and I managed to talk to both of them before they each took the stage, and both ladies were very polite, and whenever I told them that I had a podcast and asked them if they would be interested in being a guest, they both jumped at the chance. So I'm going to get both of those ladies, not at the same time, but at separate times, I'm going to get both of them on Parareality here very soon. Hopefully, we can do it before the end of the year. Anyway, Jane Kyle took the stage first, and she was there to talk about UFO cases that were specific to the state of Texas. Now, what I did was uh, I had my my portable um, recorder and microphone with me just in case there was someone there. My, My plan was I was hoping to interview what I call street interviews, to interview some of the attendees and just talk to them. Because I've done that in the past at the ancient alien conventions I've been to. However, I did not get any takers. There was really no one there that... I have a I have a system that I go through, a little checklist, when I'm looking for people to interview like that. And no one checked off enough boxes on my little internal tick mark that made me say, hey, this will be a good person to uh, 
to do a street interview with. So I didn't do any street interviews. However, I did manage to record some clips of Jane and NK as they were speaking. So, um, like I said, Jane took the stage first, and she was there to talk about Texas-specific UFO cases. So I have some audio snips of her lecture, and what I'm going to do is play them for you, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it is that she's talking about. Now, before I play these, I want you to keep in mind, uh, this convention, this festival, was actually in the middle of a mall. So it's not set up like in a lecture hall. So they had a PA system, uh, but it was very echoey because it was in the middle of a mall. Uh, So there's a lot of echo. (coughs) Excuse me. There's a lot of background noise. You can hear people rumbling and talking and everything. So I've tried my best to clean up the audio as good as I can. Uh, I turned up the volume on it a little bit. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have headphones on, let me warn you right now, this may be a little loud if you're wearing headphones. So I have a total of 11 clips that I'm going to play and talk about. Uh, Six from UFO Jane, and the rest are from N.K. Cranda. So this first clip from UFO Jane is uh, she's talking about UFO detecting cameras being installed at an Air Force base in Waco, Texas. So let's get that pulled up for you here. According to the Waco Tribune, there were flying flying software detecting cameras that were actually installed at a a then Air Force base in Waco, Texas. So if Roswell was just a a weather balloon or even a a top secret balloon like Project Mogul, why are we setting up towers trying to find these flying software? Apparently, this was around the same time that the Roswell incident occurred. And her point is, if Roswell is, quote-unquote, ground zero for the UFO phenomenon, then why are UFO detecting cameras being used at a military base in Waco? Of course, we don't have the answer to that question, but it's always good to ask questions like this, right? Now, the next one is a story that I have never heard until now, and uh, I, I found this very interesting. I would love to do some more research about this. I don't know if I could find anything else about it. But this is actually about the actor, Kurt Russell, and the Phoenix Lights. So let me pull up this one for you. We've seen saucers, uh, or Watching TV, 
said this is a story I've never heard before apparently Kurt Russell is a pilot and he was flying over Phoenix in 1997 whenever the famous Phoenix lights event occurred and he actually reported seeing the lights and then forgot all about it how do you forget about something like that I don't know how do you how do you see that kind of event and then forget about it but hey it's Kurt Russell so he might have been partaking of some Kurt Russell type substance. <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Before I make a further fool of myself, uh, this third clip uh, is where uh, Jane is talking about the Marfa lights. Now this is one of the only regularly occurring UFO events in history. If you consider the Marfa lights to be a UFO. So these frequently seen lights are considered to be orb UFOs, or at least that's one theory as to what they are. Um, she does discuss the different UFOs and brings up the fact that there are orb UFOs. And that's really, if you look at what's circulating around on the Internet these days with YouTube and TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram, all, you know, all these Facebook, all these social media platforms, a lot of what we're seeing are orb-like UFOs. So are the Marfa lights orb-like UFOs? Well, jury's still out on that. I don't think so. I think there's something different. I don't think that they are something from another planet. However, they do fly around, and the definition of a UFO is an unidentified flying object. doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be from outer space. So I guess you could technically say that the Marfa lights are UFOs. But I don't know. I don't, I don't particularly buy it. But technically, I guess you could say. So um, this moves us to uh, clip number four, where she's talking about the difficulty of documenting your UFO experience. She begins by talking about the frequency of triangle UFOs, but then goes into how difficult it is to document a UFO incident clearly. So she suggests not to use your camera to zoom in on the object and to try to get it in frame with something else so you can determine size and distance, like trees, buildings, stuff like that. Maybe the moon, if the moon is in the background. 
uh, zooming in, she says, tends to make it all grainy and blurry if you're doing it, you know, with a phone. And also, she recommends to draw a picture of what you saw as soon as you possibly can. No matter if you're an artist or not, just do the best that you can, especially while it's fresh on your mind. As soon as you can get to pen and paper or pencil and paper, draw out what it is that you saw. Do it to the best of your ability. So here's that clip. Uh, people ask So she had a, what she called a high resolution picture of a UFO and there was a, she had a, a projector up there and you couldn't, you couldn't really see it. Now that's partially because the stage was in the middle of a mall with a big skylight and you couldn't dim the lights. It was just it was crazy. But anyway, it's a good example, good point that she made about, hey, you know, even you though you think you may have something that's really good, it might not translate to media, digital media, all that well. So it's always a good idea to try to draw a picture of something. So this next clip, she's talking about cigar-shaped UFOs. And here she's giving a couple of examples of sightings of cigar-shaped UFOs. This is America, this, uh, big news story that made it when American Airlines pilot described seeing a cigar-shaped object outside the cockpit window. It was pretty recently a pilot recording of it that you can find. 
Well, at this time, there were other cigar-shaped objects seen by pilots in Texas at this same period. And then in general, that phenomenon is not, it was not new to me when I heard about this in the news. Here's Brownsville, Texas, cigar oval-shaped object covering. Here's another rod-shaped object in Bayville. This is a little bit hard to a series, just as you can see, just the ubiquitousness, if that's a word, of these objects. And something to keep in mind, and there's, there's testimony that goes along with these photos or videos. So just like I said, you go take a picture of a beautiful, bright, full moon at night, you need the testimony probably to convince anybody who saw anything cool. So there's, the context matters. Um, there are videos, of course, that are much better than photos, if you ever do video photos. Now, I've actually had my own cigar-shaped UFO sighting. Happened a few years ago at my residence. Um, I was walking out of my front door for something. I can't remember what it was. Maybe to go check the mail or something like that. And uh, something, you know, something mundane. And when I opened the door and stepped out of the porch, like right directly in front of me in the sky was this white cigar-shaped object. It had no wings, no visible signs of propulsion, and made no sound. And it was going like um, north to south direction. Um, now... I stood and watched it for, I don't know, probably three or four minutes as it was crossing the sky. It wasn't like zooming. It was it was going rather slowly. I was just mesmerized by this thing. And, and by the time I realized what was going on, I was like, oh, my God, I got to get a picture of this. I ran in to the house. And, of course, you know, what do you take a picture with these days? Your phone, right? So I ran in to, to grab my phone, and by the time I got back outside, it was gone. Of course, I had watched it go far away anyways, and I, was, I wasn't going to get a clear picture of it to start off with. The only way I would have gotten a clear picture is if I would had my phone with me or if I would have ran in back inside within like 30 seconds and picked the, my phone up and, and took a picture of it. Um, now, I live not too far from the Nashville International Airport, um, probably about 20 minutes away. And my subdivision is located on a couple of flight paths. There's an approach path and there's a departure lane. And these go pretty close to my home. And I see planes coming in to land and taking off all the time. And... It's, it's not like they're flying 10 feet over my house. They're they're high in the in the air, uh, but they're not so high that you can't make out what they are or that you can't hear them as well. So I know what commercial airplanes sound like. I even know what non-commercial private airplanes sound and look like. And what, <clears throat> excuse me, what I saw that afternoon was not an airplane. I don't know what it was, but it was a white cigar-shaped object that had no wings, had no visible signs of propulsion, and made no sound. 
So it really freaked me out, and I wish to God I had taken a picture of it, but I didn't. So last clip from UFO Jane Kyle. I call this disclosure. Disclosure is you. This is UFO Jane's advice on how we all can help to bring about disclosure. It's not about whether the president said it's the alien Being open-minded, paying attention to your surroundings, listening to your friends and family, not you know, uh, talking about it with friends and family who maybe are not usually talking about it, especially with this news coming out. Now's the time to continue to talk to your mom or your grandmother, your brother who doesn't like to hear about this. If they will be caring about it, it's new, and they're going to be better for it if you guys, you know, prepare them. So keep, keep talking about it, and most of all, if you see a UFO, report it. There's never been a time in history, or that I can recall, um, maybe during Project Blue Book, you know, the 50s and 60s, where citizens have been encouraged to report their UFO sightings, where Navy pilots are, are sharing that on the news. Now is your time. You're not going to be stigmatized. The men in black are not going to visit you. As far as I can tell, um, so record it. Take video and photo if you can get it. Video is actually best. Get other things in the frame so people do the thing and it's, it's intuitive. Right? I'm gonna zoom in on the UFO and see it up close. Don't do that. Um, it will look blurry and you won't be able to tell what you're looking at. So zoom out and keep buildings and trees and other things like in the frame, and that will. For your UFO video. <laughs> you film for as long as possible. If you only film for two seconds, people are going to say it's not real. I didn't use set. Um, the truth is, you have busy lives. Most people, you actually don't just sit there and film the UFO until it's It's actually not human nature. That's what I found. Um, and like I said earlier, draw it. You didn't get a photo or video and write down what you saw right away. You didn't So that's all from UFO Jane. And next up is N.K. Cranda. Now, I've never heard of N.K. Cranda before, so I had to do a little research on her. Very interesting individual. N.K. Cranda went to school for horticulture sciences and then continued her education in the fields of psychology, PTSD and trauma therapies, art, biology, physics, history, and she even studied some shamanism. She currently works in experiencer research and preservation and has the honor of interviewing 
some of the most incredible people that the field has to offer. Her interest in contactees and experiencers began when she volunteered as a MUFON chapter secretary in San Antonio. Through this, she found that her true interests were in the people that quietly came to meetings to tell their incredible story. She taught them to fight stigma, to never stop telling their story, and to honor themselves because, well, because they had survived. She considers herself to be an experiencer researcher and witness testimony preserver. And here are a few audio clips of her presentation. Same thing, if you've got headphones on, this may be a little loud. I tried to clean this up as best as I could, but the same conditions. So uh, we're going to see how well this translates. Uh, UFO Jane is not that loud of a speaker NK has a little bit uh, more hearty of a speaking voice, so these clips definitely turned out a little bit better. So in this first clip, she's defining what an experiencer is. So let me get that pulled up for you here. The literal definition is someone who experiences. You don't have to be a contactee or an abductee, and I really don't like it when people gatekeep about that. Has something ever happened to you that you can't explain? If you can answer that question, congratulations, you're an experiencer. We have t-shirts. Come join my club. So what she's saying here is that there really is no clear definition of what an experiencer is. If you've ever had something happen to you that you just can't explain, then you're an experiencer. And what she is talking about as when she says experiencer, she never really comes out and says this, but if you kind of read between the lines, she basically deals with abductees. So it translate experiencer as an abductee, and it'll kind of make a little bit more sense to you. So the second clip is something that I found very interesting. It's quotes from children. So she works with children as young as two or three years old. And here N.K. is quoting things that child abductees have told her. And it's interesting to learn how children process what has happened to them. I find it, uh, the, what they said is fascinating. So here's, here's that clip. I can't sleep. The owl is back. He's staring at me. Just imagine being a parent laying in bed and your kids like right in front of you like this. I woke up in the middle of the woods and ran screaming back to my house. All the doors and windows were locked. I almost had to broke I almost had to break the glass panel from banging so hard on the door. And this gentleman, he was so young that his parents had actually put a double-ended deadbolt on his front door because they thought he was sleepwalking. The orbs came again. They took some of my blood this time. There is a man with no head standing in my room. I don't like it. That one was mine. I didn't like it either. We, we slept upstairs that night. Don't worry, Dad. Once you go to sleep, I won't let the shadow people bother you. Sometimes at night, there's a bright light outside my window, and I wake up with blood in my nose. And ladies and gentlemen, these are five, six, seven, eight-year-olds that don't watch TV, they don't watch ancient aliens. This is all genuine accounts from 
children that are trying to explain to their parents that something is happening to them. Unfortunately, most of the time, parents will usually go, don't worry about it, that didn't happen, shoo-shoo, off the bed. And uh, unfortunately, that was very much like my childhood, is that my experiences were not acknowledged, and I spent a lot of my life having to keep that stuff buried down because of the stigma, and because I was weird enough as it is. Come on, look at me. And then this is a picture from one of my friends, Maddie, where she had a dream that she had been pinned down to a table as a reoccurring nightmare. All right, so those were quotes from children. This third clip is how to help experiencers or abductees. So this is advice on how we all can help those claiming to have had some sort of an abduction experience. This is for you as well, not just for my researchers. Because I can listen without judgment to say, hey, I really don't know what to say about that. But thank you so much for trusting me enough to tell me. I really appreciate it. You know, be of support. Validate the emotions that they're having. They're having a hard time. This is bothering them. If they ask you to keep it a secret, please keep confidentiality. You have no idea how easy these stories make off like wildfire and then they end up losing their job or it ends up on social media or something. And if they are suicidal, please call 911. Please. This has happened more times than I care to think about. So if they are suicidal, they're seeking suicidal, please just call 911. So the advice she gives here is actually very sound advice. It's always easy to discredit someone who claims to have been abducted. However, we still need to be kind and respectful to that person regardless of how we really feel. You can go home in the privacy of your own home and say, Boy, that Steve is crazy. He told me the craziest story about him being abducted. He's nuts. But when Steve is talking to you and he's telling you his story, just even though that you might not believe it, and even though you may think that he's nuts, be kind and be respectful and listen to what he has to say. You don't have to acknowledge anything. You don't have to agree to anything. But you can be kind and you can be respectful. And you can say, wow, Steve, I really don't know what to say about all that. That must have been horrible. So just something to think about. So this next clip, clip number four, is, uh, well, it's, it's more ways to help. So the advice that she gives here about seeing a mental health professional and not a psychologist, or not, excuse me, not a hypnotherapist. So um, this is actually, I think, great advice right here. Here you are experiencing PTSD, here are some things that we can do to help. So evidence-based mental health treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy, prolonged exposure therapy, accelerated resolution therapy, being on a healthy sleeping, eating, and exercise schedule. You have no idea how much seeing a therapist that has nothing to do with UFOs can help. It took me seven years to find the right therapist, ladies and gentlemen, but once I did, my experiences started dropping almost immediately because my stress levels were something that I could handle. So, I know that it sounds really hypocritical, I guess, to tell you to not see a hypnotherapist or see a real therapist, but a medical degree really does make a difference. Surround yourself with people that make you feel safe and loved and wanted. And yes, you have to have all three. You may feel loved and you may feel wanted, but if you don't feel safe, it's time to get out there. It's something I tell my daughters every morning before they go to school. What are your three things? 
I say it, I love, I want it. And if you don't have those things, ladies and gentlemen, please leave, please. I've been in a situation like that where I stayed for too long and I suffered the consequences for it. Why is this happening to me? And that's really the most painful question that an experiencer can ask me, is that I'm supposed to be an expert. I'm the one that's been doing this for 10 years. I'm the one that's talked to thousands and thousands of people. Why is this happening? And I can't always answer that question for them. Because sometimes there is no why. There is only what it is. It's what's happened to you and what are we going to do about it now. And we are never left with nothing as long as we retain the freedom to choose how we will respond to forces beyond our control. That's Victor Frankl from the book Man's Search for Meaning. It's fantastic. It's very short. I suggest all of you read it. So the advice that she gives out here about seeing a mental health professional and not a hypnotherapist is actually pretty sound advice. Being a medical professional myself, I can honestly tell you that a psychiatrist or a psychologist is way better than seeking out a hypnotherapist because a hypnotherapist has no medical training whatsoever. A psychiatrist is a doctor of medicine. Psychiatry is medicine. And I'm not saying that the reason you should go to a psychiatrist is so they can hand you out a bunch of pills. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think it's better to go see someone who has some knowledge of medicine versus someone who's just simply a hypnotherapist who's going to try to make all those memories come flooding back. And maybe you don't need to have that done. So in the final clip from N.K. Cranda, she's talking about honoring yourself. If you're an experiencer or an abductee, you should honor yourself because you survived your experience. Don't let anybody take away what you experienced because that experience is yours. It belongs to you and you own it. These woods have been haunted for centuries and dozens of people have vanished with the air. White people. Every time. Would you go into haunted woods? No. <laughs> Please, ladies and gentlemen, if you take one thing from this entire presentation, honor yourself because you survived. If you did not go through what you were if you did not go through what you went through, you would not be here today. You would not be sitting here. You would not have helped the people that you have helped. So please, honor yourself because you survived. And do not allow others to exploit you, your experience, or your visitors. They're yours. They're yours. And I have seen so many producers out there where, they, you know, you give a great interview and all of a sudden you realize this is something I really shouldn't have said and that I shouldn't have talked about and I want, I want to back out. I have seen many producers that just don't care. You've already signed the bottom line, your story is ours, you're going on the travel channel. So just please be very careful with who you tell. And that winds it up with all of those clips. So in conclusion here, look, I know that this episode isn't my usual, but when I went into this whole UFO convention I went in there with an open mind. But you know, I was I was pretty quickly disappointed. And in fact, I was so disappointed that I nearly left before I'd listened to just one presentation. However, after meeting Jane and NK, they convinced me to stay 
so I could hear what they had to say, and I'm so glad that I did. Those two ladies completely saved at the conference and both gave really good presentations, and I can't wait to have them both here on the podcast. I've always had an interest in UFOs and aliens, and I devoted more than my fair share of episodes here on Parareality to that very topic. But as I interact more and more with the ufology community on social media and by going to events such as this convention, I'm finding myself drawn more and more into the world of ufology. Of course, there's some crazy people out there, but there's also some really smart and creditable ones too. NK and Jane are just two of them. So if you're really into UFOs and you want to get more involved in the community, then do your own research using reputable, trusted sources. Looking at some dude's YouTube channel who has the same opinion as you do while you're sitting on the toilet dropping deuces doesn't count as creditable research. Looking at people like UFO Jane and NK Cranda, Check out your local MUFON chapter and do yourself a favor. Attend a UFO convention so that you can make connections in the ufology community. It's an underutilized resource, and you just may be surprised to find out how really impressed you can be. And that, ladies and gentlemen, winds things down. Just about finished for this evening. Thank you so much for listening. But before I close it out, I got one more thing here for you. Do you like being scared? Does the feeling of your throat tightening in fear leaving you unable to scream exciting? If the answer to these questions is yes, then you should listen to Scared to Death, stories of suspense, science fiction, and horror. Scared to Death airs the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Tune in for the fright of your life. things are going in the world? Have you always wanted to save whatever was on your mind without having to listen to someone bitch about it or suffer any repercussions? Well, me too. That's why I created the Set It Off podcast. I'm sick and tired of the stupidity that's going on around here, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it. So hop on board this train and fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to set it off. Set It Off can be heard on your favorite podcast station. New episodes drop on the fourth Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You never know what I'm going to say next. Hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, let me tell you how you can get in touch with me here because there are several ways that you can go about it, and here they are. 
first of all, the best and easiest way to do it is to email me. My email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can always find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That takes you right directly to the Parareality, the official Parareality Facebook fan page. You can post a message on the wall or you can send me a DM. Just slide right into my DMs there on Facebook. If you've got a Twitter or an Instagram account, you can follow me on both of those. My username is at Radio on both Instagram and Twitter. That's at Radio. You can always just uh, tweet me or send me a, once again, slide into my DMs there. Uh, finally, you can always call the podcast at 615-692-1170 and leave a message here on the studio line in the secret bunker. But remember this. If you do decide to leave me a message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message. Now, I'm always looking for interesting stories and guests for the podcast. So if you've got a story that you'd like to get on the show, tell me about it over the voicemail. Just call that number, 615-692-1170. That number is 615-692-1170. Leave me a message about it on the voicemail. There's a three-minute time limit. So if you run out of time, call back and pick up where you left off. So those are all the ways you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality. Just remember, email is always best, sandman at parareality.com. Slide into my DMs or post on my Facebook wall, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. Call that studio line, 615-692-1170, and leave a message. Or you can slide into my DMs on Twitter or Instagram. That's at Parareal Radio on both of those, at Parareal Radio. And also, people, don't forget to visit my website. Parareality.com is a place where you can keep up on all the latest paranormal news from all around the world because I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and that content is updated almost on a daily basis. It's called the Paranews section on the website. You can also shop in the official Parareality store, get some cool merch, help support the show so I can keep bringing you quality content. You can watch some of the terrible videos that I've made for the podcast over the years, and you can listen to the podcast archives. I've got tons of audio on the website from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with my other podcasts, Set It Off and Scared to Death. You can find all of that content for free on the archive section of the website. That's www.parareality.com. Check it out. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Parareality. If you've got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you have any of those podcast skills enabled on your device, just say, play the Parareality podcast. And I've also got a YouTube account, so you can listen to the podcast there too. I upload all of the audio from the podcast to my YouTube account. I've got some uh, pretty good videos like UFO and paranormal documentaries, some uh, 
stuff of, that I've shot about. Chemtrails, one of my favorite topics. Um, I did a couple of news segments called News of the Strange. So I got some terrible show videos that I made years ago, and I was trying to do my own web series. It sucked. I was trying to do it by myself. It was horrible. Um, didn't really work out all that well. Uh, but I have those videos up there for your viewing pleasure. Feel free to make fun of it. <laughs> so to find the channel, just go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality1. That's parareality with the number one out behind it. So those are all my social media platforms and all the ways that you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality. Well, the next episode of Parareality is going to air on September 17th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So be sure you turn on. Tune in and find out. I hope that this podcast opened your minds up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening. Hope you have a great weekend and I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.